For the last 20 years, Shannon McNally has been crafting songs and performing her music in front of audiences. She's developed a unique style with both her voice and her guitar playing. Her most recent album is a tribute to the songwriting legacy of Waylon Jennings. A longtime fan of his music, she wanted to interpret his songs with a bit of her own style thrown in. The result is fantastic. Fans of Jennings will recognize the vibe of his songs, and her voice brings a fresh outlook to the tunes. I recently chatted with Shannon about this album. I hope you dig it. So uh, you have a new album coming out called The Wayland Sessions, and it's a group of cover songs from Wayland Jennings. Can you tell us a little bit about the project and how that whole thing came about? Sure. Um, uh, well, let's see. Um, I got the idea, you know, I decided to do it about a year and a half ago uh, before COVID. Um, after doing a gig in Nashville, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I've lived all over the country. I'm pretty sensitive to geography and um, I've always loved Waylon Jennings, and uh, uh, I did this. I was asked to be part of a uh, benefit here in town, local one, with some some really great local young musicians. And they said it's gonna be, you know, we're gonna do all country country songs. And um, I've always loved country music and listened to it. I've never been in a straight country band. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was working with Terry Allen at the time. Okay. Uh, for people who don't know Terry, he's just one of the best kept secrets of Amer- all American music, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, he's a little bit younger than Waylon, but um, older than me. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, I've been working with him in the Panhandle Mystery Band. And uh, so I did one of his songs called Amarillo Highway. Um, Terry's kind of like a Guy Clark type of figure, if, if you're unfamiliar with him. Mm-hmm. Um and um and we did don't make my brown eyes blue and the the songs the guys really played it well and you know most of my career i've been working with people significantly older than me and um so i'm used to being the youngest and this band was a lot younger than me and it was kind of a pleasant change and um but i was really just struck at the depth of their playing and how wonderful you know how good they were and um I like kind of a classic country sound more than the you know modern modern pop country mm-hmm. and um it's harder to play you know it it takes a little more depth anyway these guys did it great and I walked off the stage thinking man this band is fantastic like I could have done whatever I wanted and I could have done Waylon Jennings songs because Waylon is as simple as the songs appear um they're not it's a, uh, it's it's got a special you know it's got a kind of a unique tone and and a groove to it that um it, it's there's a thing to it you know so anyway I just was so impressed with these guys that it just sort of sparked the idea that like oh wow the world is the world's kind of my oyster right now and I could do whatever I want. And that's, I just got the idea to do Waylon. I was just going to say that Waylon's kind of like John Prine in that sense, and that it seems kind of simple at first, but then when you kind of dig into it, it's like, oh, there's a, there's a real depth to this, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I did a record, um, about about 10 years ago with Dr. John and Bobby Charles (laughs) and Bobby's, um, Bobby's another sort of lost, you know, cult classic um and it's the same thing um 
the music, there's subtlety to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't just pop, you know, you can't just barrel through it. There's a lot of subtlety. And um, so, yeah. Right. Well, a- another person who's sort of an unsung hero is Billy Joe Shaver, and he wrote a bunch of songs for Waylon. And I was wondering if you did um, uh, any um, uh, research into to, to him when you were um, uh, putting this album together. Oh, I sure did. Um, I, I, I've, I met Billy Joe Shaver a bunch of times, and I loved him. Every time I saw him, it's kind of like spotting the tooth fairy or something, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's the greatest thing since peanut butter and jelly. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, so I've been a, a massive fan of Billy Joe Shaver and, and uh, Waylon Jennings for my whole life, you know, since I was a little girl. Right. Um, um, and uh, definitely the Billy Joe Shaver songs. I did two on the record, Black Rose and uh, You Asked Me To. Hmm. And they're two of my favorite songs. They're perfect songs. I mean, they're, you know, you know, there's there was a, there was an ilk of writer um, that, uh, the, that to me is, there, you know, it'll never get better than some of those songs. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned you grew up in, in different or lived in different spaces um, of, of the country, different places. Um, do you have a connection to Texas? Uh, same to, yeah. Um, everybody I work with is from Texas. Okay. As I've worked all over the country, uh, I end up working with all these people from Texas. Uh, well, it started with Charlie Sexton and Will Sexton hmm. and then Terry Allen, Ronnie Crowell, Steve Earle. Um, so I feel very, you know, clearly I have a strong connection there, you know, um, but there's just so much talent that's come out of there. Yeah. That's incredible. When it comes to songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a deep, it's a deep well. Absolutely. How'd you go about choosing the songs uh, for this album? He has a pretty huge catalog. Yeah. Um, I pretty much stuck to my favorite ones. Um, and I wanted a nice mix of, of uh, up-tempo and ballads, you know. Uh, well, and I think people overlooked the fact that he um, was quite the balladeer. And um, so it's, and, and very romantic. There, He sang these sort of big, beautiful ballads, kind of like Elvis, you know. Right. Um, same ilk to me, him and, him and Elvis. They're sort of in the same, I put them in the same uh, mental frame. Um, just a little bit, you know, geography is a big, big influence on everybody. So, you know, Waylon's just West Texas version of Elvis and Elvis was from Memphis, you know, so. Right. But I picked, I picked songs, basically the ones I like singing, the ones I, the ones, my favorite songs and the ones that I thought really highlighted it's you know because I didn't make this record for people who know Waylon or knew him or knew it you know, or are real familiar with his material. Although I, uh, I do hope that they can enjoy it, you know. Mm. Um, but if you know Waylon's music, then you, you probably want to listen to Waylon's versions. But um, I, I wanted to sing this stuff for people who never heard of him. So I just wanted to kind of make sure I got the songs that I thought best. Uh, spoke to him and his energy. Yeah, that's great. Uh, who who all played on the album? Oh, uh, oh, great record. 
um, great players. Uh, Kenny Vaughn. I started out with Kenny Vaughn because uh, I really wanted to get the guitars right. So Kenny Vaughn, Fred Newell uh, played pedal steel and electric guitar. Um, And uh, harmonica. He also played harmonica. Fred played with Waylon as well for 20, 25 years. So um, it, it, meant, it was important to me to make sure that this all felt real authentic, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really wanted to get get it to people who never heard him, but I wanted the people who knew him and loved him to, you know, I wanted I wanted it to feel right, you know. Yeah. Um, Derek Mixon played drums uh, from Chris Stapleton's band. Okay. Uh, Chris Scruggs played bass. Um, Bucca Allen, uh, he's from Texas. Um, he came in, he played keyboards, piano, B3, Worldser, and, um, that's it. That's the band. Yeah. They sound oh, well, great. And then of course, I, you know, I had my guests, I had guests, uh, special guests, Buddy Miller, Rodney Crowd, right, Jesse right. Coulter, and Lucas Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite the lineup there that you had um, uh, singing on there, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you start with Waylon, uh, it, it gets easier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love the, uh, the the rhythm section on the band really nailed the sound. It had that, um, that, that Waylon vibe to it. It sounded really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Well, that was, those guys were, that's what I meant about getting it right. I needed those guys to do it, do it justice. Absolutely. Well, you know, the song Black Rose is such an interesting song to me, and um, I'm interested in what drew you to that song in particular. love that song I think that's the best chorus of any country song ever written um, you know um, Bobby uh, Billy, Billy Joe Shaver was um, he was a deeply spiritual person you know he was definitely a Christian and um, I think that he pondered but he was also an outlaw mm-hmm. uh, he was a wonderful wonderful contradiction of terms and uh, but he had a real sense of right and wrong, and he was a good person, kind person. But he had a you know he had a wild he had a wild streak, and I love that song because it's um, Billy Joe Shaver had such a word. These guys weren't high, you know he wasn't highly educated, but he had such an acute sense of the English language, um, and um, that sort of country perspective um and how he worked out right and wrong and it just he sums it up just you know there's only what 12 lines in the song Mm -hmm. and uh you can you can just you know you can feel the the fight for his soul and i love the fact that you know he blames it on the devil the first time and the second time he did it on his own Mm -hmm. and uh that just to me is just 
it's so basic human, you know. It's, but it's it's just one of the sexiest songs ever. I just love it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's this um, this sense of mystery around it as well. You know, it's it's a type of song you can ponder for quite a while. Oh yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, also, um, I, I like Help Me Make It Through the Night uh, quite a bit. And um, I was wondering if you could talk about that song a little bit and why you chose it. Never, um, you know, I picked these songs. Waylon didn't write all of his songs. He re- he wrote less than half of what he sang. I think this idea that you have to write all your own songs to be legitimate is is you know goofy, especially when people just put their names on songs half the time. You know, mm-hmm. big pop stars or or they're writing there's the group project or whatever. You know, you got three, four, five, six writers on a song. Who cares at that point? You know, it's like, right. but um. You know, so these songs, I would say just about all these songs were had single writers. And How We Make It Through the Night is Chris Christopherson's song. Um, Willie Nelson's version of it probably being the definitive one. Um, and it's a spectacular song. It's so simple. And Chris was a writer, you know, like Billy Joe Shaver. Um, just, you know, Chris was highly educated guy. But and talk about having an acute sense of the English language. But I love that song. I never heard Waylon sing it. Um, so I didn't pick it because Waylon's version of it was so definitive. I don't think there is a version of him singing it. But um, I wanted the guiding philosophy of the record basically to kind of be in the spirit of Waylon Jennings. And what, you know, what would Waylon do? Waylon would do whatever he wanted to do. And Waylon would sing a song that uh, his friends wrote. You know, they those guys were all very non-competitive with one another. They um, they really were a gang and a posse and and, and friends. You know, mm-hmm. um, and everybody sang everybody's songs. You know, this idea of a cover song to me is a very strange concept, considering that all of American music comes out of the folk tradition. It's all borrowed. You know, there's right. nothing. It all comes out of you know, hillbilly music, and which is just folk songs, just British folk songs and and African rhythms. And there's, there's nothing original about anything. You know, Bob Dylan, even Bob Dylan, the greatest songwriter of all time. I mean, it's not original, you know. I mean, he, 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 he it's only so many notes and there's only so many words. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but anyway, um, that song to me just should be sung forever it's such a beautiful song and uh, I sang it because I thought Waylon would just do what he wanted to do and it was representative of something bigger than just Waylon and that song entirely you know the the subject of the song is just so basic Um, it's just that desperation of loneliness and just wanting to connect with somebody and kind of doing it in a loving forgiving manner yeah. yeah, it feels to me. It's 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 uh it's more than sexy. It's um it's honest. 
Yeah, the word that comes to mind with that song for me is intimate. It feels very intimate. Yes, it's very yes. Yeah, I agree. And you know, intimacy is um, intimacy is about connection. And all those all the songs on this record to me are intimate in this way. Um, Waylon was a sort of an intimate communicator, and I think that's a really nice word. You know, I think of Billy Joe Shaver that way. They these are they're all intimate songs on this record. That that whole uh, crop of guys, my my dad was super into them, Willie and Waylon, Chris Christopherson, and all that, and um, they're all pretty blue collar. And my my dad was a forklift mechanic, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think those songs have helped me understand him um, through that that intimacy. Like they almost like give me a little bit of a a, a look into him um, because guys like that tend to be pretty closed off, you know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting how that works. Yes, well, I think it's generational too. You know, um, you know, you're you're talking, you're talking uh, ironclad 20th century. So you're really coming out of a different time period, you know, and uh, emotions were something that you know, uh, uh, any self-respecting person kept to themselves. <laughs> you weren't expected to, you know, people people were busy surviving the 20th century, and I don't think that they had a lot of time or patience um, for the ins and outs of emotions. And therefore, that you know, that's why, that's why people needed music a little more desperately, you know, or that was, you know, that's why they medicated themselves so much more. And now in this day and age, we're all kind of, everybody's more and more allowed to be who they are and voice their emotions and tell you how they feel without you know without uh, this sense of shame so i think it's generational and that that those those guys were were bold village o'shaver willie Waylon, chris they were bold in how much um of their intimate thoughts they communicated and still did it in a kind of dignified way mm-hmm. it's good writing Excellent. it's great writing for sure, for sure. Well, this year has uh, had all kinds of challenges for musicians as far as touring and all that kind of stuff goes. Um, are, are things starting to open up a little bit for you as, as far as uh, playing live music? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's starting to move. It's starting to open up, you know. Um, I don't have any full tours booked or anything, but um, I've got some dates here and there starting to pop up the end of April and into June and um, I'm heading to Marfa, Texas for a couple of weeks <laughs> to work with Terry Allen. So in, you know, early J- July. So it's starting to come around. Interesting. That that, that town, uh, Marfa, um, it came up with, um, there's an album out right now, right? With uh, Miranda Lambert and um, mm-hmm. it, what's Jack the, Ingram. Yeah. yeah what, what's the deal with that mm-hmm. town? I've never heard of it until that album came out. Well, um, it's a... It's out in West Texas, uh, near Big Bend. Okay. And um, it's uh, it's become quite the destination, basically because um, uh, a lot is some. It's a big sort of. It's a big cowboy town. Well, it's a tiny town. The thing is, it's a tiny town, but it became something of an artist colony. <laughs> and um, and uh, so it's still kind of got, and it's got this beautiful cross-pollination of just sort of working cowboy 
and way in West Texas, that stark beauty of West Texas. Hmm. Um, and it also happens to be a sort of an art mecca for the world. So it's one of these unique places where you get the local flavor and then you get people from all over the world coming in, doing beautiful work. Um, So it's, it's exciting. And it's just so gorgeous. It's just so beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll have to uh, make my way out Yeah, it's cool. It's cool as hell. I mean, it really is lovely. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the main questions I had for you. If people want to uh, find you online and support you and buy your stuff and all that kind of stuff, what's the best place for them to go to? Well, I guess my website, you know, um, websites uh, up and wherever they look. Social. I'm all over social media, Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, my website's probably the, got the most information on it, though. All right. Well, thanks for connecting with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, listening to the record and writing about it. I'm real proud of it. I love this record a lot. Thanks to Shannon for chatting with me about this album. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And check me out on social media. Just search up Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals. Have a good one, everybody. I'll catch you next time.